I may have shared this with you before, I can't recall, but a number of years ago, I came home from work and Kim was working in the kitchen and Anne Marie was at her ankles just crying and pulling on her and tugging and Kim's trying to get a dinner prepared and Anne Marie's just a little girl and wanting her mama's attention. So when I got home, I I, I scooped up Anne-Marie, and we went back in her bedroom, and we began uh, to play blocks. And I would set some blocks up on top of each other, and then she'd reach over and knock it over and laugh and laugh. She thought that's the funniest thing, and I would do it again, and she'd knock it over. And we did that for a while. Pretty soon she lost interest in that, and um, as I began to, to build these blocks, I, I started to make a pretty neat little capsule myself. And uh, then after a while, Anne-Marie decided to take interest in those blocks again, and she came to knock it down, and this time I grabbed her hand, and I, I shoved her back because I was making something, you know. This had become art. And I had this thing going, and she came at it again, and I'd push her back, and I, I kept sliding her back across the floor. And pretty soon, she just, that bottom lip, puckered out and just started boo-hoo crying and just wailing. And it hit me, what in the world has taken place here? I am an adult playing blocks while I won't let my daughter play and she's crying because of it. I had taken her out of the kitchen to get her to quit crying, but somewhere along the way I lost focus. And uh, I forgot my purpose. And we're prone to do that. As we look at uh, the life of Christ, and as we look at this book, we can sometimes lose focus. We can get so caught up in some minute detail that we forget what it's all about. And it's all about Jesus. If I could take a needle and poke it through that Bible and pull it out the other side... And that Jesus, or that that thread that is attached to that needle represents the life of Christ. I think that would be a fair representation of what the Bible is about. It's about Jesus, from Genesis to Revelation. It is about Jesus. And if we get so caught up in other things that we forget about Jesus, then we need to take evaluation of our life just like I did on the floor in my daughter's room. Maybe some of you have remembered seeing or maybe even reading about the bridge over the River Kwai. Do you remember that Army movie? I, I, I loved that when I was a kid. And these, these soldiers were captives to the Germans. And uh, in this prisoner of war camp to keep morale up and so forth, they took on a project of building a bridge across a river that the Germans wanted built. And as they built that, they began to take great pride in what they were building. And the day came when it became necessary to blow that bridge up for the cause. But these guys have invested so much into that bridge. And, and for a few guys, they couldn't bring them. So they lost sight of the picture of victory and could only see that bridge that they had spent so much time and effort in. That's sometimes, again... What has happened to the Word of God? We can find our favorite thing or our favorite uh, idea or, or passage, and, and we can so focus on that that we lose perspective. 
and forget about what the whole Bible is about. Tonight, here's what we're going to do. If you thought this morning's lesson was long, we're going to talk about the whole Bible tonight. <laughs> we, we did go a little long, but we'll make up for it tonight. But let's, let's do a quick review of the Bible with the focus in mind that it's all about Jesus. All right, if you have your Bible, you might want to open it to the first five books of the Bible, the books of law, and um, they provide for us the foundation of Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, or I mean Genesis through the book of Deuteronomy. I'm trying to shorten this a little bit. Uh, Genesis through Deuteronomy provide for us the foundation uh, of Christ. Those first five books of the Bible tell us about how and why we're here. They tell us about the beginning of man. They tell us about the creation. They tell us about the fall of man. They tell us about how that sin entered the world and how that through a, a Savior that our sins would be forgiven. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15. Edwin just spent a lot of time in class discussing that passage uh, on Wednesday nights. But that passage is the first hint that God has a plan. There would be one who would come who would bruise the heel, uh, or bruise uh, the, the heel of Jesus, but he would bruise the head of Satan. Uh, there would be one who was born of a woman that would come. And that was an allusion to Jesus. You come on over a few more chapters in Genesis chapter 12, and God makes a promise to Abraham that through his descendants, all nations of the earth would be blessed. That again is a prediction of one who would come and because of what he was and what he did, everyone would benefit. All nations of the earth would be blessed from that. So, and as you go through those, those initial books, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, what you see, well, you see the election of a nation in Genesis. You see the redemption of that nation in the book of Exodus. And then you see the sanctification of that nation in the book of Leviticus. It's about holiness and how God wanted these people to live. And then you come to the numbers and you see the book of Numbers and you see the direction of a nation. How God led them for 40 years through the wilderness. And then you come to Deuteronomy and you see the instruction of a nation. The second giving of the law a reiteration of what God expected from these people. So the foundation is in place. There is a promise made that Jesus would come and there, it will come through this nation, through this people. And we see that established in those first five books of the Bible. Then you come to the books of history. And in those books, we see the preparation for Christ. Those historical books tell us how that that nation of people who were once in bondage go in and possess the promised land. And they become a great nation. And they become, and they have kings. David takes the throne. And uh, as a united nation, how great they were. But it tells us of the bad times and how that they became wicked and how that God had to discipline them and get them back on track. Because this is through whom the Messiah would come. And as you get to the end of this historical period, you, you see 
the focus of this remnant. Um, God still loves His people. He hasn't forsaken them. You get and look at the book of Esther, and here you have this Jewish girl who is in Persia, and she's not living in Jerusalem, but God has care and concern even for His people there. So you have the preparation or the foundation for the coming of Christ and then the preparation. God wasn't going to forsake His people. He was going to keep them and and His providence was still working on their behalf, even though to a large degree many of them had fallen away. And then you come to the books of poetry in the Old Testament, those five books, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And those books tell us of an aspiration for Christ. You look at, the, look at Job, and Job cries out for a mediator. He, wants, he has experienced suffering like no one has ever experienced. And he says, I long for someone who can come down here and put his hand on me and put a hand on God so that I can plead my case. I haven't done anything to deserve this, Job thought. And Job also spoke of a a Redeemer who would someday come and stand on, on the earth. He was looking for still that Redeemer who would come. He was longing for someone who could be a mediator for him. And that's the role that Jesus took. Paul told Timothy that there is one God and one mediator between God and man, and the man is Christ Jesus. So that longing that Job had is fulfilled in in Jesus. You turn to the book of Psalms and you see all these, these poetical and these... Those, the law and history talked about the national life of Israel, but, but what you have when you come to the book of Psalms is the spiritual life of the people. Do you remember what well, we sing songs? As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. So many Psalms express this longing and desire to to be in fellowship with God and with the Messiah. Those books speak much about predictive prophecy, much about the Messiah that would come and save them and redeem them. So you have this longing for, and those are expressed in the Psalms and the writings of these men during this poetical section. Then you come to those books of history or books of prophecy in the Old Testament. And those prophets teach us that there was an expectation of Christ's coming. Most of the prophets wrote during a period of time where the people were either wicked and were about to be punished, or they had been punished, and they were reassuring them that God still loved them. In the midst of all this this sin and discipline, those aren't good times. But the prophets would, almost without fail, before they finished what God had for them to write, they would leave them with hope. There is a Messiah coming. There is one who is coming who will redeem us. There is one who is coming who will restore us and make us a kingdom once again. 
And so you have the Old Testament right there. All of it is about Jesus. The foundation for Him, the preparation for His coming, His the, the aspiration for Him, longing for Him, and then the promises, the expectation that He will come. Well, that, then we come to the New Testament. And those first four books of biography, um, they share with us a manifestation of the Christ. He's now here. All that preparation and, and foundation work in the Old Testament and the, the longing for His arrival and the, the promises of His arrival, they all take place in these books. Jesus is here. He takes on flesh and lives among us. And we were able to see what God was like because of Him. In um, As Jesus comes and lives among us and teaches us His we we're reminded of his of his mission. He came to seek and save the lost. And as he leaves this earth, having lived among us for thirty some years, he leaves with the commission: go, take this message of mine to the whole world. And that brings us to the book of Acts. After Jesus was manifested and lived among us and lived sinlessly and died for us and paved the way for our redemption, after He had done and finished His work, He then commissioned us, now go tell people about this. And we come to Acts, the history book in the New Testament, and that is a propagation of this Christ. What do they do in the book of Acts? But tell people about Jesus. Beginning in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, and then to Judea, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. The disciples of Jesus fulfilled and and took to task that commission that Jesus left them with, to go take the gospel to the whole world. And then after the books of history, you come to those epistles, 21 books, and in those epistles, there there are for us the expectations of Christ. What are we supposed to do until He comes back? How are we supposed to live? How are we supposed to worship? How do we determine what we should and should not do? What's right and what's wrong? The, those letters tell us this is the way you behave until He returns. The expectations that Jesus has on our life, they're recorded in the epistles. I once heard a guy say, well, you know, we need to just focus on the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the life of Christ, because that's what it's all about. And the epistles are, are writings of, of men other than Jesus. Well, Jesus Himself said in John chapter 16 that I have many things yet to say to you, but you, you cannot bear them. It's like teaching a first grader algebra. You, they're not ready for that. But He said, here's what I will do. I will send the Spirit of truth. After I'm gone, I'll send Him. And He will teach you those things that are mine. And, and He'll guide you into all truth. And so what you have in the epistles, those words are not the words of Paul. They're not the words of Peter or Jude or James. They're the words of Jesus. They're the things that Jesus would have said had His disciples been able to bear it, but they weren't ready. And so He said, I'll send the Spirit and He'll tell you more of what I need to tell you. 
when He gets here. And that's exactly what we have. In those 21 epistles, we learn how to live as a Christian and learn what Christ expects of us and how to worship God acceptably. And then we come to the final book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, that final book of prophecy. And in that, we see the consummation of all things in Christ. The book of Revelation takes us full circle. In the book of Genesis, you begin with man in fellowship with God, having access to the tree of life, living in the Garden of Eden. As you come to the close of the book of Revelation, what do you have? You have man once again in fellowship with God, living in the Garden of God, heaven, having access to the tree of life. We've come full circle. What we lost in the beginning is regained at the end. It's all a continuous theme that takes us from that beginning to where we regain it in the end. It's all connected. And it's all about Jesus. The passage that was just read uh, as before I got up here said in the book of Revelation, it said that the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's all about Him. That's what the Bible is about. This revelation that God gave us. It doesn't matter if you're reading about Old Testament Israel or the, the prophets. It, it's all about Him. He fulfilled all things. He brought to consummation and to fulfillment what was begun a long time ago. And what we lost because of our sin we regain in Christ because of His sacrifice. And so that's what the Bible's about. Folks, don't miss the focus of this book. This book isn't about things that we can parse and nitpick with each other about and, and uh, divide over. It is a book about our relationship to God and how that is secured by Jesus Christ. And there's no other way. He's the one who brings all this together. He's the one the Old Testament talked about coming. He's the one we see in the New Testament has come. And He's the one in the book of Revelation who will come again and make us victorious over sin and death. If you're here tonight and you have not placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you haven't been obedient to His plan of salvation, why don't you do that tonight? Whatever life may be about for you, back up and look. It's about Jesus. What is your relationship to Him? That's what matters. If it's not what it ought to be, then repent, be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. If you've already done that, but there are other changes you need to make in your life where He's not the focal point. Your life's about other things. It's not about Him. Then you need to back up, reevaluate your priorities and make Him the focus of your life. If we can pray with you to that end, we would love to do that if you'll come as we stand together and sing.